are here for a reason. This, 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 this news just in. Ready? Go, go, we go. are your news now. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Right On Radio. Thank you for being here. If it's your first time here, my name is Jeff, and this is a faith-based program. We do news, intel, and all kinds of other stuff, but most importantly, we look to the Word of God. The tagline for the show is Live Right in the Real World, where we show you the real world, both visible and invisible, and then you decide how to live in it. But yet, this show has adopted a second tagline, actually maybe even a third, because if you're watching, you'll see at the top of the screen, John 8.32, the truth will set you free. And how do we find that truth? That brings me to the third tagline of the show. If you want to know what we're about, be the Berean. And if you read in the book of Acts, Paul complimented the Bereans because they took no man's word for anything. And they decided to search out the scriptures for themselves. We've been studying the book of 1 Timothy. Of course, this is a book written by the Apostle Paul to Timothy, who was a young pastor, and many people would say, well, it's just a letter from Paul to a pastor. What does it have to do with me? I will put forth to you that it's in the Bible because God wrote this letter for you. And there is a lot of instruction that we should pay attention to. I've entitled this particular episode, Stewarding Grace. Of course, if you've been with this program for a while and you get have gotten to know me, I really see a lot of things about stewarding in the Bible. And I think there's a particular lesson for you in this I've got a great worship song that I'm going to play, not one that uh, probably many of you will know, but it really fits perfectly with this, and I want to thank Shiloh for sending it to me this morning. It just it was just perfect for this, and, and I think you're going to be moved by the lyrics, and the music's quite good as well. But first, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his word. His word is power. And his word is more than sufficient to carry us through all of the tests and trials and tribulation that we experience in this life. His grace is enough for us. And Lord, as we read your word, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak through me. I give the Holy Spirit complete permission to speak through me. But Lord, it is the power of your word that I pray will touch each individual exactly with what they need and what you intend to be the consequence of this word in each person's life. 
Lord, I continue to pray for daily provision for each and every single person that is here, including financial, including health. Lord, so we don't have these things as distractions in our life, and we can go on with the great commission that you gave us, Jesus, to go out to the world and preach the gospel unhindered by the distractions of this world, only by your grace. So I pray that grace upon every single person who hears this message. And I pray it, of course, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. Amen. All right, folks, let's... uh, play this song. It's about four minutes long. I think you're going to quite enjoy it. The lyrics are also presented on the screen uh, if you guys want to read it, but I think they'll come across crystal clear to any of you who are just listening. And I'll see you in about four minutes. My heart is so proud My mind is so unfocused I see the things you do through me It's great things I have done And now you gently break me And lovingly you take me And hold me as my father And mold me as my maker I ask you how many times will you pick me up When I keep on letting you down each time I will fall short of your glory, how far will forgiveness abound? And you answer my chin, I love you. And as long as you're seeking my face, you walk in the power of my daily sufficient grace. And feel a bit discouraged Knowing that someone somewhere Could do a better job For who am I to serve you? I know I don't deserve you But that's the part that burns in my heart And keeps me hanging on I ask you how many times Will you pick me up When I keep on letting you down And each time I will fall short of your glory How far will forgiveness abound And you answer my child I love you and as long as you're seeking my face, you walk.
walk in the power of my daily sufficient grace. You are so patient with me, Lord. As I walk with you, I'm learning. What your grace really means The price that I could never pay Was paid at Calvary So instead of trying to repay you Each time I will fall short of your glory, how far will forgiveness abound? And you answer my child, I love you. And as long as you're seeking my face, you'll walk in the power of my daily sufficient grace. And I'm not sure. Uh, it looks like the uh, the art. The name of the song is Grace, and uh, I believe the artist's name is Laura Story. For those of you who are curious of who that was, and thank you again for Shiloh for sending that. Uh, it was perfect for today's chapter. Ah, good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Wendy. Good to see you both here. I hope everyone's enjoying the holiday weekend for my Canadian friends. I hope you had a good Canada day. And for those in America, of course, it's uh, July 4th weekend. And, you know, I just think whatever you think of your countries in their present state, um, it's not about the country. It's about your fellow man. And it's a good time to have relationship. Get together. Celebrate. Enjoy the nice weather. Especially of those of us who are in the north part of North America. Uh, it's really been great. <laughs> Although, I will confess, yesterday was... Uh, I went out for a bike ride just to run an errand, so to speak. There's a place where they make really good food. And uh, there's in particular, they make these things called uh, jalapeno chicken bombs. And they take a uh, chicken breast and they stuff it with jalapeno and cheese and wrap it in bacon. And they're just incredible on the barbecue. So uh, it's about an hour away from my house. And the forecast looked great. 
by the time we walked out of the store, it had started to rain. And then we ended up in a uh, thunderstorm and it, man, it was pouring, but God's grace is sufficient. And uh, it's not fun if it's always sun, you know, you, you'll never appreciate the warmth of the sunshine unless you go through a storm first. And I think it's the same way with God's word. You know, if we didn't have sin, if we didn't have this fallen nature, we would not realize how great God is. And he gives us through that the ability to choose him in it. Well, let's read his word. I'm reading chapter 6. I use the uh, New American Standard Bible. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect, so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. Those who have believing masters should not show them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Instead, they should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their slaves. There are the things you are to teach and insist on. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means of financial gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and we take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. But you man or woman of God, flee from all this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Jesus Christ, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, 
I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and might forever. Amen. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to you, to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge which some have professed in doing so have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all. What a timely message. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Praise the Lord. So again, you know, this is one of those chapters that many believers don't spend a lot of time on because they think it's for a pastor. But to be a broken record, God wrote this letter and intended it for you. So what is the Spirit of the Lord saying to you today? Well, I think he's going to have something different for each of us because we each have our own filters and we each have our own walk. But let's start out with the first verse. All who are under the yoke of slavery should consider their masters worthy of full respect so that God's name and our teaching may not be slandered. So again, you know, you might be tempted to think, well, that's just a thing of the past. We don't have slavery anymore. I'm telling you, this is about stewardship, folks. This whole thing is about stewardship to me. That's what God speaks to me in this. So let's address, are there slaves in this world? Yeah. Do you have a mortgage? Do you have a car payment? Do you have to go to work to service those debts? Then yes, 
you are a slave because the debtor is slave to the lender. And we know the banks and things like that that lend us the money are all corrupt. But yet God's saying, treat it worthy as full respect. They could have said no to your loan, but they gave it to you. And so you should be servicing excuse me, that debt without complaint because you agreed to it. In fact, you asked for it. And if you sit there and complain, and now it's talking about specifically your boss, let's say, or at least that's what it's saying to me. If you have employment and it gives you provision, of course, we know God is your provision. God gave you that job. But if you just sit there and complain, oh, my boss is a prick, you know, this and that, don't. Don't be a bad witness in front of all your other co-workers. And it talks later about useless speech, slander. Because if you're the one unhappy with God's provision who gave you that job, whether your boss is delightful or not, you are bearing bad witness for God because his grace is not enough in your life. Have you ever thought about that? You know, there's an old saying, you might be the only Bible that an unbeliever reads. Oh, did you hear that? (laughs) You might be the only believer or you might be the only Bible that a non-believer reads. Sometimes man can be quite clever in his sayings as well. But then in verse two, it says, those who have believing masters should not throw them disrespect just because they are fellow believers. Let's just stop right there. But they're not above me. We're brothers and sisters, and we're all equal in Christ. That is true. But perhaps they've stewarded things a little bit better than you, and that's how they became the boss. And you're not to disrespect that order of authority that God has put in place. Because it wasn't the owner of the company who put that person in place. It was God who put that person in place. And yes, we are equal in Christ. But there is a hierarchy. There is an order that God gives. God is the God of order, not disorder and confusion. So don't confuse yourself to be equal to the boss. Because you're not. In that way. Paul goes on to say, instead... They should serve them even better because their masters are dear to them as fellow believers and are devoted to the welfare of their other slaves. Because if it is a believer that is in that uh, office of boss, they also should be good stewards of what God has given and they should exemplify that God's grace is enough and they should show that down the line. Love one another. 
You see how simple the gospel is? People make it way too complicated. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. Well, thank you, Lord. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> See, I'm, sometimes I'm obedient. <laughs> and I say sometimes advisedly. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. When I read those verses right there, three through six, I can't help but think of the NAR, the New Apostolic Reformation, which has many, many factions. They teach a different gospel. You know, the word of faith stuff, the prosper gospel. And what does the word of God say here that they are conceited and know nothing. Well, they are conceited because they're getting people signs and wonders. God works through me. Look at me. This is why I have this big platform. They will say, and they put themselves above everybody. And let me just, say they give they have an unhealthy interest in controversies you know the seven mountain mandate it sounds good in principle if you're not familiar with it look it up it sounds good we should have all these offices put christians in and if you followed the previous stuff that i've done in the in the great deception series and stuff like that you'll know that it sounds good but how do they achieve this by spreading unhurt unhealthy controversies and quarrels that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, constant friction between people and a corrupt mind. And these people who spread this, they are robbed of the truth. and that think godliness is a means to financial gain. Well, I'll leave that one there. But here's the contrast for you, my brothers and sisters. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Just think about that for a minute. 
to have contentment is great gain. Just think of all the burden that falls off of you if you're content with what you have. All the burden that falls off of you. You don't need a house like your neighbor. You don't need that fancy car like your friend. Is it wrong to have a desire for these things? No. We can want better things in life. But can I just teach you something here without pulling up all the scriptures? If you don't believe it, it's okay. But you know what? These nice things that are okay to desire, if you want, if let's say if you were renting a home, to desire to own your own home, to have provision for your family, that's not a bad thing. It's not. But hear this. Those things will not be added unto you until you're content and thankful with what you have. Someone's going to hear that. Someone's going to hear that. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we had food food and clothing, we would be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Can I tell you, that was me. When I was a young man, many of you know my background, but my parents were very middle class, very middle class. We didn't have an abundance of anything, but yet my father's father was very, very wealthy, very wealthy. And as a kid, I got a taste of that wealth. Going on his three-story, 75-foot yacht, you know, amongst other things he had. And that was like a poison. And of course, like many youth, I wanted to be a rock star at a point. And I wanted fame and wealth and the lifestyle that comes with it. And I pursued it for a number of years, folks. And you know what it did? It plunged me into ruin and destruction. As an unbeliever. How much more as a believer if you pursue those things? For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. I would also substitute the word mammon there, which really is a better describer than than money, because mammon is a spirit, and there is a spirit behind money. 
And mammon really is best described as greed. <laughs> what's, what's one of the biggest problems with this earth? <laughs> mammon, greed. And is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. It wasn't God who did it to you. You did it to yourself and God allowed it. You pierce yourself with many griefs. You can't serve two masters. Jesus words himself, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Is there anything wrong with having money? No. In fact, the Lord really does command us to be such good stewards in this world that you can provide for three generations of your family. Not all of us will get there, but it's the way it's meant to be. We live in a fallen world, so some people might be able to accomplish it. Some might not. Don't judge yourself. Have that contentment. <coughs> Excuse me. But you, and yes, I'm adding to the scriptures, man and woman of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Boy, that sounds like the fruits of the Spirit, doesn't it? But you, man or woman of God, pursue the fruits of the Spirit. Because what was listed off before, envy, strife, stuff like that, that's the consequence of the world and living without God. This is what you can get. And obviously, um, the word here, endurance, when you look in the gifts of the, of the Spirit, is also patience, which means long-suffering. So pursue long-suffering, and it'll make you happy. No, just be content with where you're at today. Don't say, woe is me. Whenever God puts out the word woe, it's bad. So don't say, woe is me. Endure it. It's a season. Be content. And my testimony is, and I'm sure many of you as well, when you finally come to that moment, as I did, and it happened so quick, I was robbed of everything. And when I literally got it, I dropped to my knees. I said, thank you, God. I understand why you completely ripped apart my life and put me in this place. And I thanked him and I meant it. And within a week, well, literally that day, my life started to change. And within a week, it was miraculous how quickly the Lord started restoring me. 
You couldn't make it up. You couldn't see it coming. Only God. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I just love this. Fight the good fight. So what's that? What does that mean? It means that this life is a struggle. You're going to have to fight through it. Walking with Christ is not an easy walk. The world's going to hate you if you are truly walking in the Lord. Hallelujah. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made the good confession. You said the Lord's Prayer. You entered, you were transferred out of the world system and into the kingdom system. You are no longer of this world. Right before he says that, this just gave, fight the good fight of faith. You have to have that faith and knowingness that you are no longer of this world. Do we live in this world? Yes, we live in this world with purpose. No matter what your situation is. Verse 13. In the sight of God who gives life to everything... And of Christ Jesus, who, while testifying before Pontius Pilate, made the good confession. I charge you, keep his command, this command, without spot or blame, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, in the sight of God, who gives life to, it doesn't say everybody. Did you see this? To everything. Everything. Is he talking about the plants? Is he talking about the animals? Is he talking about the angels? To everything. That's all inclusive. So keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, the good confession. Without spot or blame, look, none of us are going to accomplish that. But that should be your strife. I know there's things that I do that are not without spot or blame. And people could say, well, that's not very Christian-like. You shouldn't be doing that. But as I always say, my, my prayer is consistently, and I hope yours is too, Lord, I pray to sin less. And as we get closer to God, and the more time you spend in the Scriptures, just as the more time I spend in the Scriptures, the less I sin. It's almost like instantaneous. It's just like the less I sin. It's incredible. 
So the return of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time, the blessed and only ruler. Now that's interesting because isn't Satan the ruler of this world? Yeah, but he has to go before the throne and he has to, he can only do things by permission of God who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light. Well, hold on. How is he immortal alone? Don't angels live forever? Now that I'm transferred out of the world and into this kingdom system, don't I live forever? So I'm immortal now too, aren't I? No, he alone is immortal. Because he has the power to throw you, I, angels, and everything that he gives life to into the lake of fire. Nobody can do that to him. He alone is immortal. And who lives in unapproachable light. Well, what do you mean? Aren't we supposed to go to God with everything? How can he be unapproachable? The Father's glory is so immense, we cannot approach him in this present form. But Jesus, who is God, and if you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father, we approach God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you approach Jesus, and Jesus hears you because he hears everything. But when you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit deposited in you. And we pray by the Spirit. And sometimes pray by the flesh too. But but we're not perfect. To him be the honor and might forever. Amen. Verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth. So when when God had Paul write this letter, this was obviously 2,000 years ago, right? But this is God's letter to you too. This is the present world. And this is for us to, with our brothers and sisters who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. If you've ever had money, you'll know that it's easy to not depend on God as much. It's just a fact. Having money, unless you are truly a good steward of it, can be a curse. It really can be a great curse on you. 
you know, you might think life is great. Well, I'm just planning my vacations constantly and doing this and doing that. And I'm kind and I tip well, so I'm a good Christian. But is that really the Lord's business you're doing? And he says, don't be arrogant and put your hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. Ladies and gentlemen, at this present time, I would say your wealth is more uncertain than ever. For all the reasons that you know, I don't have to get into them. But put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Joy, isn't that one of the fruits of the Spirit again? Side note, I just got to look at chat here for a second before I continue. Um, if you could type in, I think there's maybe a 15-second delay, but if you could type in, if you were listening to the broadcast from Friday. And if you did listen to it, I made a very specific prayer about joy. And I want to know if you received that from the Lord on that day. And if you're listening to the replay of this, maybe you can put it in the comments. Or if you're in the live chat, maybe you can put it in the comments as well as in the chat. Did you get joy? I did. God answered that prayer for me instantly. Like when, as soon as I prayed it. And if you heard it, it was, you could probably just hear it in my voice. So command them to do good to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Uh, boy, that's, that's a good segue. Did you know this is a listener-supported broadcast? So if you're rich uh, and you want to share, there's some links in the description because, uh, well, quite honestly, I uh, the, <laughs> the donations don't cover my expenses. I'm thankful, Lord. Gave me some provision, but uh, I my my lifestyle is being humbled again. Let me tell you, <laughs> and not that I want you to contribute to a lot lavish lifestyle or anything like that. Please don't hear anything I'm not saying. Uh, but if you are able to uh, support the show, I trust the Lord will also replenish that, and and it helps me continue to do things like this, like to the reading of the word of God. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. So did you know that you can lay up treasure in heaven? And it's when you do good in this world. When you do good, when you steward the things that you are given, whether it's relationships, whether it's your money, or anything, those things do go with you. But your plastic credit cards that are worth so much to you, and your cars and stuff like that, they don't go. 
I have it on good authority to say that even as much as I love one of my passions is my Harley Davidson, as you guys know, it's not going to heaven with me, folks. I think we're going to have a kind of a better chariot of some kind <laughs> for the coming age. Yes, it is coming, folks. And so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You know, as much as I really am passionate about my motorcycle, I it just gives me a sense of freedom and I can leave the things of this world behind because you really have to concentrate when you're on a bike. And yeah, I kind of get into a zone and I love the power of it, the sound. Um, you know, it's almost like, you know, as a kid, I used to play jet fighter video games and, you know, to me, riding a motorcycle, it's kind of like being a fighter pilot. Like, you know, you, you lean, go back and forth and stuff like that. As much as I love that, you know, a few weeks ago or about a month ago now, and we were camping and my daughter came with her husband and my grandson and just seeing my grandson, you know, picking up sticks and doing these little things, that was a greater joy. That is truly life. It's the simple things, folks. It's the simple things that make us happy. Okay, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Oh, ah, Wendy, right on. Wendy says, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my soul. Praise the Lord. I bet you there's going to be more testimonies of joy from that prayer because that, that prayer just came upon me. I wasn't planned. And I knew it was from the Spirit. And I knew it because I got filled with joy. <laughs> um, all right. Finishing up. Can I just, so it says Timothy, but can I just take a little bit of liberty? Right on radio community. Guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge. Where does that come from? Knowledge. Well, of course, all knowledge comes from God. But what does the occult do? It's the hidden knowledge. It's the secret knowledge. And how many believers are pursuing that right now? And on all of a sudden, after pursuing that, they're talking about God consciousness and all these things of the occult. No, you are God it says, because it all points back to them. Just like the whole NAR thing. It all points back to people. When you look at what they do in that seven mountain mandate and everything else, when you get down to the bottom of their scripture, they're saying, no, 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 salvation's by works. You have to do it. And it's a different gospel. 
So we don't want to follow those opposing ideas. In fact, that's why I exposed them. But unfortunately, verse 21, which some have professed and in doing so have departed from the faith. I have friends that have fallen into it, people. I know quite a few people who are following those teachings right now. And I'm not saying they've lost their salvation. Who am I? I can't say that. I, I doubt they have. But you know that treasure that you store up and goes into heaven with you? They're going to be lacking. And they're going to be lacking a lot of things, even in this world, because of it. Because they've gone down the wrong path. And they've departed from the true faith. And the very last line says it all. I want you to hear this because it's just the great... You know this was God to write this book because he closes 1 Timothy with this. Grace be with you all. Oh, that's just simple. Okay. Go in grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. No. It's much greater than that. <clears throat> grace is unmerited favor. Grace is a gift from God. Grace is your provision to accomplish all these things. All these things that the, in, throughout this entire book of 1 Timothy, in fact, the entire gospel of Jesus Christ, can only be accomplished, and you and I, who were born into sin, can only be accomplished by grace. And it's his grace. So with all these things that Paul is instructing Timothy and God is instructing you, he ends it by saying, be thankful in God's provision, be content in it, and know that the battle belongs to the Lord and his grace, his unmerited favor in your life is your provision to get through all of this. You cannot do it on your own. If you could have done it on your own, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to hang on the cross. He sent Jesus to hang on the cross for his unmerited favor for his family, which is you and I, to accomplish the things in which we have been commissioned when we were transferred out of the world system and into the kingdom system. And it's not a bunch of rules and regulations that we must follow. No, it is his grace in his, in our lives that accomplishes everything. And the more we press into him, the greater the abundance of his grace in our lives. Hallelujah. 
Let me pray. Father, I give you thanks for your word. Lord, I give you thanks that you've left the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I give you thanks that you are full of love and grace and you give life to all things, including each one of us. And Lord, these things cannot be accomplished by us, but it's your unmerited grace and unmerited because there's nothing that any of us could do to win your favor. There's nothing. It's your love for us. And Lord, I thank you that you will do these things in our lives. I pray right now for each one to really be reassured of your provision in their lives, to be reassured and to be content and to steward all those things which you have given us, our relationships, our things, our service of debt. Lord, your grace is more than sufficient. And you are called Lord of Lords and King of Kings for good reason, because there is no one above you. You are the only one that has true immortality. But you've welcomed us into your family and into your provision. Grace be with you all. In Jesus' name, I pray. Oh, love your God. Love your family today. Steward them. Love your neighbor as yourself. And make a difference in your community. Amen. <laughs>